Happy birthday to... I'm just kidding. What? I don't know. I don't know. Welcome back to the Overrun Show today. We have a very, very special episode for you all. We have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of fun a stuff. A lot of funny stuff. <laughs> um, well, funny depending on who you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got we got a lot to talk about. So yeah, we do. I guess we'll start with uh, Hyundai and the Ionic Six. Chase, yeah. you got to I go. Remember, to Hyundai likes Hyundai. Hyundai likes. Oh, sorry. Hyundai, right. Hyundai, Thank you, Lori. Uh, Hyundai <laughs> Ionic Six press drive and coverage, which Chase was lucky enough to go to Savannah, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about your trip. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I went for one of the outlets I freelance for. Um. But I also went for us because, and I like to tell them as much when I go. But uh, I was pretty late. Um. So unfortunately, they didn't have some of the like engineering resources that like we normally get when we do these media drives, which is fine because like I kind of knew what I needed to know, uh, about it. Um. So they they did like the one thing that they did that was kind of like different from everybody else was they uh brought two. Well, they brought like a whole bunch of cars, obviously, but they brought cars of different trim levels, which is actually kind of like you would think that it's a normal thing to do, but yeah. a lot of people or brands don't do. Yeah, um, more and more brands are starting to do it, but it was really great because we were able to drive both. Uh, mm. Myself and my drive partner got to do both. They made sure that we had time. Um, you know, normally when you do these events, there's like a drive route that's like planned by the manufacturer. Yeah, right, uh, right. But we right. also got some extra seat time when we got back, which was super cool uh, of the Hyundai people. Thank you, Jason, uh, for uh, to get like we got extra seat time. I got extra photos. I got to drive both trim levels. Uh, and basically, I get to find out what is and isn't worth keeping. Um, you know, and you and I talked about this a little bit before the show, but, uh, you know, we were both kind of speculating that like the one to get is the uh, long range, right? Yeah. The single motor long yeah. range. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that's kind of out of the loop, there's, you know, the uh, trim levels are split into single or dual motor, you know, rear or all wheel drive. Um, and the best way to get the most range, which is waiting on figure. Uh, I think pending. it's 360, I want to say. I think 300, right yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's 360 miles on a charge um is the single motor long range battery pack um kind of for like very obvious physics reasons you have the biggest battery and the fewer fewest driven wheels um you know and the drive the drive was good um it was a good event the hyundai people were hyundai hyundai people were <laughs> sorry i fucked up to open the show uh, i just fucked up what Oh, just the, oh, the oh, Hyundai. Okay. I you were telling me that you, we weren't taping. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, oh, okay, cool. No, That's good because no. I have to look up those range figures real quick. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was 360 for the rear-wheel drive um, SE. Yeah. And then for the Limited, which is the other one that you drove, it that was 270. And that's the dual-motor all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive. And that one was – there was an appreciable difference in speed between the two uh yeah obviously with like electric vehicles you get like that instant torque hit mm -hmm. uh and like it turns out adding two driven wheels to that equation yeah amounts to like pretty significant speed yeah um and like i kind of like it always startles me the first time i do it but usually i get used to it yeah and oh, like yeah. i startled myself like i don't know six hours into driving this car i hit the gas was like, oh shit <laughs> oh man that's right yeah these are fast because my normal car has like 
14 horsepower or whatever the hell the box yeah right uh yeah definitely very different yeah and like you know it has an engine (laughs) yeah yeah there's lag there's uh, a little bit of lag on your car yeah i had definitely uh startled myself a little bit with that but right it's all good um let's see i mean like where can we go from here like there's the problem with i guess we'll start there is like the car itself is actually very good uh let's talk about styling i think it looks great oh yeah yeah the styling is super futuristic i'll throw a picture up of the car if you haven't seen it Um, (laughs) but yeah i think it looks super great uh i'm not a huge fan generally of the teardrop um design or shape that the car has but i think uh hyundai did a or hyundai did a really good job (laughs) hyundai did a really good job of designing the ionic six um it kind of combines to me when I was looking at pictures of it earlier today. It kind of is like an Audi A7 combined with a bug. I don't know why that came to my mind. I don't know. Did you mind. see? I mean, there's a lot of 911 at the back of that car. Yeah. Oh, and the rear there's definitely looks like a 911. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a great looking car. The interior also looks super nice. I mean, you can speak to that a lot more because you actually drove it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if it's anything like the EV6, then the you know the uh, yeah the, the great thing about nice. the interiors and the way that Hyundai and and Kia and Genesis have kind of, well maybe Genesis to a lesser extent because they're a little more upmarket but yeah. Hyundai and Kia specifically have kind of like structured their their trim architecture is that you get a lot of the general like feel of the higher trim levels in the lower trim level car like even though the higher trim car had like leather ventilated seats and like you know, um, a whole bunch of other, like, ambient lighting and some other stuff that was in there. Um, It, like, fundamentally still feels very, very similar to, you know, the significantly cheaper car. And there was a, I'm looking at the pricing delta right now. I mean, there's a $10,000 gulf between the limited uh, long range with the 20-inch wheels and the long range wheel drive with the 18-inch wheels. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, aesthetically, they're awesome. I actually really like some of the colors they had, too. Uh, yeah. They didn't have the, like, I really wanted to see the green. I can't remember what the green is called. But oh, they that's had, a really cool color, though. Yeah, yeah they had the about. silver yeah. one that we drove. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of like this pale, like, uh, evergreeny green. Um, yeah. And then they have this other color called Ultimate Red, which is just, like, flat Ferrari red. That was with, what like, the limited one that you drove was, in it. Yeah, that's right? the higher okay. trim level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll probably throw up just some of my own photos here for yep. uh, comparison. They Definitely. actually look very similar. Uh, if you, like, didn't really know cars, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the two apart, um, which is maybe pro, maybe con, depending on who you are and how you like your cars to look. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the biggest aesthetic difference that you'll notice, like, immediately is the wheels. Yep. I mean, yeah. like, 18 to 20, dude, the sidewall on the 18th was... Yeah. I can't remember, though. Let me look at the tire sizes real quick. I gotta, like, read some small print here. I wonder if they have the tire sizes on the Yeah. Uh, Hyundai has definitely taken some design cues, especially when it comes to the, like, the, the SE's wheels, definitely from, like, the Model 3. It just has, like, that same... Yeah, the, like, aero aerodynamic shape. shape or whatever. They kind of mm-hmm. look similar. I think they look better than the Model 3's wheels, um i don't i hate those yeah, i don't wheels. like the model 3's wheels um i think this one looks better it's definitely a passable wheel you know obviously yeah the 20 inches look better but you know it's also for that was the first yeah that's the first things. time in a while i have like preferred the smaller uh or i'm sorry the larger wheel to the smaller one because normally i i i 
I'm not like a slam, like stretch tire kind of guy. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I like a little bit of sidewall. Right. Um, I like them just a little thick. Like a and, thick. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this was like ridiculous. And unfortunately, the tire aspect ratio isn't on the sheet that uh, was provided to us. Sometimes yeah. these Monroni sheets, like, you know, the window stickers for the lay people. It's so uh, dependent on who the that. manufacturer is, dude. Yeah, like Ford so is dependent. hyper, as we'll get into later, Ford is like hyper specific. Yeah, which is good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I want <laughs> yeah. all of that information on there. Yeah. But yeah, they were like, I think they were like, like 55 aspect ratio tires. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they were giant. They had super tall sidewalls. And yeah. the, I guess the, that was kind of impressive. Like, I could really feel the difference between the 18 and the 20. Yeah. But the 20 still rode really well. Nice. Um, You know, just because you have that, like, skateboard, uh, you know, architecture that the EGMP has. That's mm -hmm. Hyundai Kia's, um, you know, global electric vehicle architecture. Yeah. Which I guess kind of seg segues me into the drive impressions. Um, You know, I... I, it's it's the unfortunate thing about electric cars like as good as this car drove i genuinely think that like if you put my dad in the passenger seat with a blindfold on and had him drive an electrified gv70 and then sit in the passenger seat of an ev6 and an ionic 6 and an ionic 5 he probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference until you like at 65 miles an hour you just like you can't they don't feel different going down the road in any sure. real way they may accelerate in some mildly different ways depending on you know motor, motor configuration and ride height and tire size but like, right ultimately i drove an ev6 sedan um that's not to say that like the car is an ev6 because it's most certainly a very different product for what i think is going to be a very different kind of buyer yeah oh um, for sure yeah yeah but they definitely drive the same. And that's just kind of how I'm really curious to see how brands like Hyundai, Kia, uh, Ford, other brands in this kind of like sub, you know, luxury segment. Uh, they would say that 56 is kind of a luxury-ish trim, but like this kind of, you know, under Genesis, right? Or under Mercedes or under BMW kind of differentiate how their, their cars drive. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be tough, I think to make that happen without like you know mercedes uses a bunch of weird sounds yeah you know when you hit the gas pedal mm -hmm. or throttle uh if we want to be semantic and like how how brands choose to do that is going to be kind of a an interesting thing to watch emerge over the next few years yeah i mean i really like i mean i drove the ev6 i loved it i thought it was super super awesome so i don't know i mean yeah I don't know. I, I, and like the range is really impressive. Obviously, like the long range, 18 inch, 360 something miles is, is or it's insane. even thereabouts is pretty solid, man. Yeah. Like it's more than 99% yeah. of people will need. Oh, yeah. Um, I talked about this a little bit um, with the Mercedes EQS, but like more than 300 miles, really. And you're kind of getting to a point where like if you drive 300 miles, you want to break before the car does. Yeah um i mean like we did it today like we drove i don't know i don't even know or not today but um on the drive event we drove i don't even know how many miles Ooh, one know? thing i was gonna ask you about because i read this in uh jared's the car buzz article that he wrote um, uh -huh. he had mentioned something uh in the article that hyundai had said that the <clears throat> the ionic 6 could charge from 10 percent to 80 percent within 18 oh. minutes yeah did they talk about charging speed at all when you were there? Yeah. I mean, like? the car, so the car can do it. 
yeah. and it's it's the reason the charging speed is so wacky high is because of their like 800 volt architecture which they're rightfully mm. very proud of yeah um, dude 18 know. minutes yeah like, that's crazy that's insane. the problem is find me a charger that'll do that yeah right uh, right because the charger network reliability is just not there yet um obviously as like, you found the, out with the eqs yeah exactly like the charger network reliability is just it's just like you might be able to find one every once in a while but like a nobody's gonna have that in their home and nor do they need to because they'll be charging at home and we'll have time to charge the car most of the time yeah um you know and b like it's just those are those kind of chargers are so few and far between right now and i know that that won't always be the case that the 800 volt thing feels just a little like pointless almost like great it fast charges really well uh, I can plug it in with confidence and know that it's going to charge as fast as it possibly can. What that really does, the 800 volt, is it raises the ceiling so that you know no matter where you go, you can fast charge. Yeah. Uh, as long as the charger yeah. is capable of meeting that output. You know, it, it right. shifts it off of your car, the responsibility for quick charging, and puts it on the network, mm. um, which is where a lot of these OEMs want that to be um yeah for obvious reasons but not just like from a you know like business and reputation standpoint it's you know it, it just makes it easier for their buyers yeah i think it's just them just showing off like i mean kind of going back to your original point is like hey we've developed this tech we're really proud of it no it's not necessarily super widely useful right now but you know as the infrastructure improves or whatever this is what you can expect from uh, Hyundai Kia vehicles moving forward, this type of charging speed, this type of, you know, convenience. Cause dude, when I saw 18 minutes, I was like, man, I could, I could get an EV right now. If it could charge from 10% to 18 yeah. or to 80 in yeah. 18 minutes, like that's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice for like, if you're going to be in target for 20 minutes and need to like charge a car or whatever, right. You no, know, you're going to come out and that thing's going to probably be full. Cause it's not like you're plugging yeah. in at zero. You're plugging in at 10, 15, 25, 35%. And I bet you, like most consumers initially, will have a little bit of range anxiety and charge, you know, closer to full. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Meaning from like 50% and, you know, to 99% or whatever, rather than 10 to 80. Right. But yeah, I mean, the money makes sense. Like, I think that these are competitive offerings in the segment. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately just haven't really driven a lot of the competition. Uh, you you i like i was totally unaware that the polestar 2 was priced where it was yeah so uh one of the notes that i had for this is before we started recording is i was watching uh, a nuggets game and a polestar commercial came on for the polestar 2 i see polestars every so often i mean they're not like super uncommon like I, see them I get a little i think that they're so cool looking i get they're kind, I get really cool looking the interiors yeah. are insane they look yeah. great they're they awesome look really cool um you know but i see them every so often or whatever but um i saw the commercial and i was kind of wondering like how much they cost and i found that the polestar 2 which is a fully electric sedan actually competes with the ionic 6 there's a couple of caveats to that though where i it's kind of a trade-off. So the Ionic 6, I think, I don't know if it looks as good. I think that's subjective. I think the Ionic 6 looks yeah, it's as totally good as like the Pulsar. I think that, sorry, I think the Pulsar 2 does not look as good as the Ionic 6. I think the Ionic 6 looks better, but that's... Oh, see, I like the, I like it. I like the Pulsar 2 better. Yeah, and I think that's completely subjective. I don't think the Pulsar 2 is a bad-looking car. I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's whatever. Very, again, like, super... I 
I mean, like, on paper, they might be competitors, but I really don't th- think that, like, the buyer for a Polestar 2 is also looking at that. No, no, um, no. It's, it's just, not. like, I mean, just because everybody's opinion of a car, or most people's opinion of a car is so based upon that initial first impression that the design makes. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, I just, those are two very different people. I mean, case in point, you know, you and I, I didn't even know that you liked the 6 better. I, I really honestly thought you were going to like the look of the uh, Polestar 2 better. No. I mean, I think I think they both look great. I think they, they are also just so – the design is just so different. The Polestar, I think, has a much more, like, traditional sedan design. I don't think it takes as big of a design risk, not to say that that's a bad thing, but I think the – Yeah, it is like a three-box. Yeah. Yeah, it's like – I mean, it's it's I, a good-looking car. I agree with that. The other thing is is that the, Ion, or the, uh, the Polestar – is it has other weird design things. I don't know if the Pulsar 2 has it, but I know that some other Pulsars, you can actually see the battery in the back and, like, all the little cords and I cables. I think that's just the Pulsar 1. They're is it like, just that one? Okay. I um, think it's just that. I think it's just that. Whatever. Anyway, the Pulsar as a brand is also super cool. The interiors are also... I would. I much prefer the interior of the Pulsar 2 over the Ionic 6. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Polestar's interior feels just a little bit more like exotic, even in the higher trim. Well, because it's practically a Volvo. I mean, and Volvo makes really good yeah, interiors. Exactly. I mean, they're able to, like, I think that over the next few years, Hyundai's material selections will kind of catch up a little bit more. Because I, I definitely, yeah. at least yeah. aesthetically, having not driven the Polestar 2, prefer the look of the materials that are in the Polestar 2. Uh, they look a little bit more expensive. I think that the cloth is kind of making a comeback. And yep. The cloth in the Hyundai definitely felt like cloth in a Hyundai. Yeah. You know, and the, yeah. and the Polestar cloth feels like a little bougie and upmarket and like, you know, uh, kind of like, uh, you know. Well, they uh, also use a uh, suitcase. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird, like, targeted Instagram travel accessory is what the uh, Polestar 2's interior feels like. Yeah. And I think the Polestar 2, and I think going back to your point, like, the people that are looking to buy an Ion, I don't think the funny thing is they compete with each other, like in terms of pricing and what it offers, like the, the product itself. Yeah, I think that Hyundai's even getting more range than them. I would. Oh, have to way more. Track. It's not even close. And I put that in the yeah. notes. So the biggest trade-offs with this is the Polestar is more expensive and has less range, at least when you compare it to the Ionic Six, like long-range model, because the most range you can get out of a oh, Polestar, you're right. Polestar Two is the thing is like two seventy or two sixty. Mm-hmm. Um. But I would say, I mean, the Pulsar 2 has better performance, um, so it's fast or quicker, um, yeah. and debatably a more luxurious experience. I don't think that's really debatable. I think it's definitely a more luxurious experience. Uh, the one caveat to that is I know just from driving the EV6 how the infotainment system works in the yep. that, and it's it is the same. Yeah, and so I really liked the. The EV6's infotainment. I thought the screen was cool. I have mm-hmm. no, I've never driven a Polestar. I've seen them on the road, but I've never been inside one. You know. Yeah, they I, have that Google OS. Um, oh, they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder. The Polestars are like totally Google driven. Thank God. Um, okay, great. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about the, um, like response times, just because Google tech company. I wonder how different the infotainment systems might be yeah i don't know that's a good that's a good point i mean i would think it'd be pretty good but yeah i don't know but um i just thought that was an interesting note you know on that whole yeah. thing is you because i mean fully loaded the they're almost identical in yeah. price 
Yeah, it's fifty-seven thousand to like fifty. It's they. I bet you they're within a thousand dollars of each other. Uh, well, especially when sh- you think about be. getting the Ionic Six like limited or whatever that has the dual motor mm-hmm. rear wheel or dual motor all wheel drive. It almost doesn't even make sense because you can then just get a Pulsar Two that is much more luxurious, has better performance. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. It wouldn't really make sense, like to me. Um, different buy. I mean, like different buyers. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Pulsar, like, just uh, aesthetically, I agree with it more. So I'm, I'm ranking yeah. it mentally and you know a bit subconsciously as like a little more luxurious when it's actually not and they could be like super super competitive you know like this is all take this with a grain of salt because i haven't driven the polestar 2 yet yeah um the one thing the one question that i couldn't get answered on that drive event was i I, um and maybe i asked it and they 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 were able to tell me why they couldn't give me an answer why not and i've forgotten so hyundai sorry if you're listening um but i i had asked them like hey like you know the they told us during the media briefing before the drive Mm -hmm. um I think somebody else had asked the question there, you know, like, why can't we, you know, the, well, what they had said initially was the wheels are one of the biggest determinate, uh, determining factors for range. So mm. that extra two inches of metal wheel yeah. is what dings the range um, by the, what is it? Uh, almost 50 miles, right? It's, yeah, it's a lot. Three, six. Yeah. So it's like 80 miles. Almost, yeah, it's a like lot. 80, 80 to 100 miles of range um you know well part of that's also like the added weight from the additional motor and you know yeah yeah so i mean okay so let's do this in mpg because that's another good metric so the 18 inchers uh on the long range rear drive it's 140 mpg combined as opposed to 103 so that's a pretty big ding yeah and the majority of that comes from the wheels per hyundai uh and I asked, or someone may have asked, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it's 361 to 270, so it's, it's more a, yeah. than 100 miles of driving range. And there's some other factors, too, obviously. Two driven motors yeah, um, are at play there as well. Yep. What I've been struggling to get to here with the point that I'm trying to make is that you can't get the 18-inch wheels that add so much range on the dual motor configuration. Yeah, which is a, a mistake. Reasons, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and maybe like the gains or the, the you know, manufacturing costs uh, would be so minimal that it wouldn't be worth it. Or, or but I don't think so you can do that on. Yeah, I don't think you can do that on a lot of other cars like that. Because, like, it, I'm even thinking like There's the Model one that 3. I can't remember what it is. The entire. That's why I've been struggling to spit out my words so much as I, the entire time I've been talking, have been trying to figure out what that other car is. Yeah, and I don't just want to like throw a car out there because I genuinely don't know what it is. But well, that, that's a very similar problem to yeah. Like, well, the Pulsar was like that. Having. You couldn't. I mean, oh, okay. the Pulsar didn't really like change too much in terms of range, regardless of what trim level you went with. It was like either two sixty or two seventy, so mm-hmm. it didn't really change too much. But the Model Three, if you go with the long range version, you get those like plastic wheels or whatever. But then if you go with the performance one, you can only get their performance wheels. So, which just seems like a right. missed opportunity to just add a ton know. of range. It has to, I, I don't know. The only thing that I can really think of is that there is some sort of mechanical reason that those wheels cannot be on the higher powered car. Yeah. Yeah. That really is all I can think of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems, I don't, it seems, it seems weird. 
I don't know, because it's one motor for one wheel, so that shouldn't even be an issue. Yeah, But right. that's the one thing that left me kind of hung up on the car. Uh, was, was like, why can't I do that? I mean, don't get me wrong, 270 is in actuality plenty. Um, yeah. You know, it's good enough for Hyundai, it's good enough for Polestar, it's good enough but for... But if it could be 300 um, with a different set of wheels... Right. Why wouldn't you? And do just that? a different set of wheels. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. By just making a small change. Especially I don't know. Maybe the co- maybe the cost can't be justified, or maybe they think that the people that are going to pay fifty seven thousand dollars for the higher trim level aren't going to want the smaller wheels anyways. I could also see it just or being or, the, or yeah that or maybe they're just the people that are spending fifty seven thousand dollars don't want people thinking that they actually bought like a forty seven thousand dollar version. Because they got different wheels. Because right. if you don't know enough about the trim levels and how that works, yeah, it could be marketing. It could be you know, marketing related. I don't know. We're speculating at this point. But well, like, and kind of going back to your point originally. Sorry, not to cut you off, but no, no. Other than the wheels, if you know nothing about the car, that is the only thing that could differentiate between the trims. So it's like just about I, yeah. There's some little like styly stuff, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, for like, the most part, like if you saw in a dealership lot, yeah, 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 right. So yeah, I don't totally. Know. But I mean, yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, I mean, huge thank you to Hyundai for having me out. That was um, really good to get some seat time and some more of the electric stuff. Because uh, quite honestly, it's I, it probably shows when I talk about them, but it's pretty few and far between. I get behind the wheel of some of the electric stuff now. Yeah, um, I just I, it just the 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 fleets here, man. Yeah, they just don't come to Colorado for whatever reason. Uh, you have to like either be on the launch programs or be in a larger market. Yeah, and it's crazy. I really love what Hyundai and uh, Kia are doing. I loved the EV6. I mean, I've told, I've we've t- I've talked about yeah, it. You haven't shut I, up about that. Thing. I loved that thing. You probably would have really liked the six just as much. Yeah, I mean, it's the same yeah. same chassis. Pretty, I'm assuming, but it is. It's yeah. The okay. GMP. Yeah. yeah, I loved the infotainment, the interior. I really liked on the EV6. I'm sure the it was. Design is really great. Yeah. yeah. So I. I would buy an EV6 if they weren't, you know, $70,000. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Got to make that overrun money first. I know, right? <laughs> right. Got to figure that out. But anyways, yeah. uh, moving on, uh, let's yeah. talk about VinFast. Oh, yeah. For those of you who are unaware of who VinFast is, VinFast is a Thai, or a, a Thai company? Vietnamese. Vietnamese, Vietnamese. thank you. Uh, yeah. They're a new Viet. Well, they're not new. They're new to the U.S. Um, they're still pretty new. They're so. I think they're founded in like autos the early 2010s. 2017 maybe? is okay. when their autos thing kind of started to take off in Vietnam. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they're a Vietnamese EV only manufacturer. Is that they don't make any right combustion? Now, yeah, not okay. anymore. Okay. Yeah. So they only make electric cars. The 2023 model year is the first year they're selling in the U.S. or 2024. Yep. Okay. I think they um, might be 24 model year cars. Oh, no, it's 23 because I have the URL right here, and it says 23, so cool. We're good. Uh, but anyways, they're very new. Donut Media has done a video about them. They had a uh, an influencer meetup probably about seven or eight months ago now where they flew out a bunch of influencers to uh, Vietnam, yeah. and everybody toured the cars. They clearly paid for a lot of favorable over the top shit for some favorable reviews donut uh i think it was nolan that went on that trip you know said a bunch of very complimentary things about vinfast and how he's excited for a new 
brand to be entering the U.S. because we haven't had like a new automotive brand since I think Tesla probably in the U.S. Um, uh, R- Rivian, Lucid. Oh, Rivian. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. But they're all whatever. Another <laughs> foreign company. Anyways. Yeah, a little bit. They're trying to be a little bit more mainstream and less like luxury boutique than than you know Rivian and Lucid. Yeah. Still, right. Still at their point. Yeah. Their their pricing is pretty insane for what like the the value is pretty good. For what you're getting or what they're claiming or supposedly <laughs> yeah what yeah. they're claiming the value on paper sounds great but as we and as one of chase's buddies found out the uh the reality of the situation is quite different so go ahead chase yeah um so i mean if you if you haven't like heard the name before i think it's a, like before we get too far into this it's very important to uh lay some groundwork for who and fast are yeah outside of vietnam uh you can there there it's this weird like uh monopoly that they have on certain aspects of vietnamese society okay you can go to get a prescription filled at a vinfast owned pharmacy the person mm. that you get the prescription from may very well have gone to vin university and gotten their doctorate there uh you know you can go Mm. to gas stations and they're owned by VinFast, and uh there's quite a lot of money behind them because they're extremely successful in vietnam think walmart um and they in 2017 decided like okay like we're going to get into making cars and they started making cars and selling them in vietnam in 2017 in 2020 or 20 yeah, yeah in 2020 they said all right electrification is clearly the way to go even though we've only been making cars for three years that's clearly where the market is heading so yep. what we're gonna do is we're gonna stop making all of our gas-powered models and switch to electric only manufacturing and produce those models and we're going to bring all of them to the u.s yeah and we're going to do it in this very narrow time frame um and to be fair there are VinFast vehicles being delivered. They delivered on that promise. They did they do that. They did deliver onto that promise, and they have opened dealerships in the U.S. They They're mostly on the West the Coast, US. correct? Yeah, and there's a couple other locations. I, I didn't memorize the specifics. I know that there's dealerships in California. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. I'll stop it there. But that's kind of the background. And so a very good friend of mine, Stephen Ewing, went on the media drive uh, for VinFast, actually, while I was in Savannah. Uh, and him and I were kind of talking about it. And he, I, I was like, so what's up, dude? Because I'll probably not get to drive one of these. I guarantee you I don't see one in the local, like, drive shop no. or whatever. No. I was like, what's up? Because I, I had read Kevin Williams' piece uh, for Jalopnik mm-hmm. about just the general weirdness that was that trip to Vietnam. Uh, the fact that he feels like maybe they were surveilling him when he tried to leave their kind of, like, tour group. They had a day in the city, and he kind of felt like VinFast personnel were, like, watching him when he left the group um <laughs> he never like confirmed that but he you know, right. like noticed the same person suspicion. a few different times yeah right and then things felt he had said when he was in vietnam things felt very set up the cars were driven on this like perfect last move road on a on an island in a resort that was owned by vinfast it felt very very set up and scripted um and steven basically confirmed all of that by saying that the car was a huge piece of shit uh when he drove it here and he was like when we were talking about it, he was like bro just like wait and read the review uh, yeah put it out when the embargo lifts um and it was i mean i'll just read a single uh 
quote about his. I was just about to do the same yeah, thing. If you his were, his yeah, feelings ahead. on the on the ride. Go ahead. Uh, you know, he's he's at this point in the review. Stephen is discussing the way that it rides. This was for Roto Rum, by the way. Credit where it's due. You guys should go read that. Yeah, great. Maybe throw it in the description. Great, hilarious video. review. I read it. Um, <clears throat> you know, and he's so he says, "quote The road wasn't super curvy, and we've been uh, cruising along at a moderate pace, but the sheer amount of bouncing body motions coming through the VSA." VF8's suspension made being in this electric crossover, and I say this without hyperbole, unbearable. Uh, he says that both himself and his drive partner had to stop because they got motion sickness just by driving the car down the road. Um, he was extremely harsh, and I think justifiably so. I trust Stephen. Um, mm. Some people were maybe slightly less so for different reasons. It seems yep. like there was a ton of inconsistency. Yeah, yeah. I pulled up a couple of other ones. I saw one from uh, Motor Trend and uh, The Drive also had a review. Mm -hmm. um, the Drive was pretty much just a summary of kind of all the reviews. It didn't really go into anything specific. The Motor Trend review I thought was kind of the most interesting. Um, just because, other than Stevens, I thought Stevens was the best by far, in my opinion. But um, Motor Trend, this is just my quick little one. Uh, sentence summary is like the VF8 is not ready for production because um, the the model uh, that Steven drove is a full production. It's not pre-production. This is what is being yeah, sold. You can go and buy one now. This is what's being sold right now at a dealership or wherever. For $56,000. Yeah, so the VF8, which is currently the only, only model that you can currently buy in the U.S., I believe, um, is not ready for production and has a puzzling pricing uh, or monthly payment model that even VinFast doesn't really seem to understand. <laughs> yeah, the battery leasing thing. Yeah, so there seems to be like some I, – I couldn't really finish reading the whole thing, but there seems to be some sort of confusion, and maybe you can speak to it a little bit more, about how there are different pricings working and you know how you can actually finance or purchase the car from VinFast. I – uh, to, to tell you the truth, I, I had covered the battery lease thing at one point or another, and I'll, I'll, all I'll really say about it, because I don't have any specifics ready and I don't want to talk out of school, is just that like I remember it taking an appreciable part of my day to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And I, as someone in this industry whose job it is to do this kind of stuff for a living, needed multiple hours of my day to kind of visit and revisit and try and gather information from different sources to properly understand how you're supposed to lease the battery in the car that you're also driving and presumably leasing and owning. It's, it's yeah, it's truly confusing. Um, yeah. It so seems like even most of the reviews, like, skirted around that. Like, Steven's review just lists the pricing. Yeah, so here's one quick thing from the Motor Trend uh, review. And they said, currently the vehicles, the VF8 specifically, uh, currently the vehicles are only available via lease and VinFast. Press materials disagree with themselves about the monthly payment, which is either $399 or $414 per month for the City Eco version, and either $499 or $528 per month for the Plus version. So there's two different payment mm -hmm. options that are not that far apart from one another for the same car. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very yeah, odd. I'm I'm very perplexed by it too. I, I really don't know what's going on. Yeah, um, the, whole, the whole thing was just 
I mean, I saw uh, one, one of my old coworkers from Carbuzz was also on the media drive, and he posted up some photos just showing, like, the panel gaps. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're, like, worse than Tesla. They're super, super bad. Um, you know, like, doors are misaligned, uh, you know, by at least... I, there's one photo where it looks like if, like, the door, uh, you know, the lower windowsill yeah. is, like, about a half an inch above where it's supposed to meet with the body like the Jesus. two different pieces of uh you know window weather stripping the black yeah. plastic window yeah. weather stripping are kind of like this oh, God. Uh, and they're you know very misaligned i'm raising my hands at different levels for audio only people um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well and the other thing too that motor trend touched on um i mean steven mostly talked about the the ride quality at least most of the review that i read or i read he might have touched on other stuff as well but there's also a bunch of software issues with the car. Yeah, other um, people talked about software issues and lag. Um, and the problem that a lot of, because now that you can do over-the-air updates with cars, people are like, oh, well, you can just fix it later with an update Get or whatever. Get the software with an OTA, yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's cool, but like... How's motor... that been going for the video game industry? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and then Motor Trend also reported that they were having issues with the air conditioning not working because of the software issues or it would work sometimes yeah. but then not work other times and so so it, i mean like yeah. generally speaking it seems that the issues are very sporadic very inconsistent and you know i mean it, it steven told me that like it feels like a car that's you know a year or two away from production it feels like something pre-pro yeah uh which is <laughs> not good i mean even that might be him being a little di diplomatic to be totally honest because i drove a pre-production nissan z and that felt like a production car yeah uh you drove a pre-production nissan z i did like i did it Not was fucking bananas that thing yeah was... and it was tight and it was you know like i think i remember complaining about the seat width and then some other people also yeah like, i mean yeah, i complained the seats were inconsistent i complained about the interior just because i hate that they used that uh alcantara i didn't like that oh, or yeah. whatever but whatever yeah, that was a personal right. thing but yeah that thing yeah. was nuts that's, and that car is another story but i mean you know still like that car yeah. was allegedly pre-production i bet i mean that was everybody drove those on the media then and they were basically production ready cars yeah uh, we're told as much you know but like it kind of seems like that's how this was played for everybody that was there for steven for forgetting names now for other people that i know that were there mm -hmm. um you know i read i i went you know like i read steven's review and i was like i gotta see if it's just him I yeah. don't think it is, but I gotta see. And then I started to see like Autopian, similar experience, Motor Trend, similar experience, the drive, etc., etc., etc. It seems like almost every and road and track, same experience. Like almost everybody that drove this car was like, this car's like you shouldn't this is not ready for production. Right. Well, I mean Motor Trend's uh title to theirs is Return to Says Sender. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. They had the really funny headline. Yeah. Yeah. It's return to sender. So clearly <laughs> um yeah and they're like yeah it's nowhere near ready for customer deliveries yeah. and, and yep. whatever but yeah um, what i want to know is where they go i want to know what happens next i really i like i've been looking at like bin fast related news a lot yeah recently, it, i want to see what happens next i want to see how you like well the wild thing is as so i'm looking at steve's review uh i got his review back up and i didn't realize how expensive this car is yeah, it's fifty-six thousand dollars um, yeah um, which is again, and for a car, I don't think it looks that great. I know Steve touched on that a little bit on his review. Like I it looks it okay. Cool. 
I, I, I think they've know. got cool paint colors too. Oh, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know all the options. I just saw the pictures that he had, and then yeah, uh, you know, whatever. I think it looks okay. I mean, it's just another crossover SUV. It's, but it's but it's Pininfarina. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean, is it Pininfarina? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is Pininfarina. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's fine. It's. I mean, his point, you know, that he makes about pricing, and I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, and you were about to get there. No, but, go ahead. You know, to sum up is, you know, the the uh, city edition plus or whatever it's called is fifty seven two. We were just talking about the Ionic six, which is just a few thousand dollars more than that, right? Fifty four. Yeah. Or uh, so it's actually cheaper. Yep. That's a sedan. Okay, sure. What about an Ionic five? You know, Stephen brings that up. Fifty-seven eight. Well, I mean, you could also even get an EV six at that price. I mean, it wouldn't yeah, be at the exactly. Top end one, uh, an but... EV six is going to be just about the same amount. Of, as a matter of fact, I can tell and you, and it has none of these seconds. issues. I will vouch for you. The EV six was fast as shit, and yeah. it the interior was great. The software was good. You know, and it's also it also has a much larger dealership yeah, network. When, the EV six that you and I both drove is fifty four one ten. So it's three thousand dollars cheaper with a ten year, ten thousand mile warranty. Oh, that was one other thing I forgot to bring up. I was looking at the eight hundred old architecture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But the warranties. I was looking at the Minronis earlier. The warranties for those are insane. They have really, yeah, really good. They're, they're all like that. Um, yeah. So I feel like I had brought that up to you at some point. I don't know. Um, Maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. Vin, this whole thing is just super puzzling. Um, I don't think that one of the things I was thinking about a little bit is. Kind of what you were saying is like, where where are they going to go from here? Because to me, I don't really know how you recover from this. You know, if you were an established brand already, like other brands have made really dumb mistakes or whatever, you know, but for, I don't know, it's really hard. I struggle hard to remember to... like such a, a, a unanimously negative verdict from the general media yeah. on the launch of a vehicle. Certainly within the span of my admittedly extremely short career. And or even just life. Luckily like, within recent memory, I can't remember a car coming out and and like because I've been reading car reviews since before I could read and I was yeah. like just looking at the pictures, dude. Like I I really can't think of like even like heavily divisive controversial cars. The new M3s, people are like, That's yes, what I was gonna bring really, up. Really, really, really ugly, but Damn it, is it good to drive? Yeah, I was about to say, but the performance is insane. Yep. Yeah. 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 Like, I just, I can't think of someone completely fumbling it like that. Yeah. Uh, People didn't like the Hummer EV, but that's just because it was, like, too big and dumb. And too expensive. Way too expensive. Yeah. Like, not because it was fundamentally a bad, it's so hard to make a bad car these days. Yeah. It's so hard. You just have, like, so much learned experience as a yeah. manufacturer. You have to, like, really drop the ball to be fucking up. Like, yeah. the most that you, like, really drop the ball is, you know, aesthetically. People hate the way your car looks. There's a lot of people that don't like the Ionic 6. Yeah, I mean, you I know, can see why. I think that, like, yeah. the little whale tail thingy is a ripoff and the pixel designs are dumb. I think that both of those are inherently false. Those are both yeah. great aspects right. of that design. Right. I agree. But, yeah, dude. I don't know how they come back. I don't know. I mean, like, they they got that, like, VinFast money. So, I don't know. They come back in two years. Big marketing campaign. Try again. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Do I mean, they I just have... dip? 
I mean, I'm, they clearly already have, it, I mean, I'm assuming hundreds of millions already invested in the yeah, U.S. market. Untold cash to like, yeah, who, who will the ever amount of money really it takes know. to bring a car to market. Oh, yeah. Now in 2023. I mean, that was designed by Pin and Farina. Yeah. Jesus. Go ask RJ Scarange how hard it was yeah. to bring a brand new electric vehicle to market in 20, what, 20? Is that when those started? Yeah, I think so. Right around there. Yeah, 20 yeah, like or 21. Two, three years ago, which, you know, from a regulatory standpoint is today. Yeah. Um, dude, it's hard, man. And it's, and it's expensive. So I, I don't know. I don't see them abandoning their efforts entirely, but I would certainly hope that they are able to bring a competitive product here. You know, I think that it's a good thing. Yeah. If oh, for sure. Able to turn it around, you know, like that would be a good thing for the market as a whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it would be. I just, I don't know. I, it's really tough for me to see people taking a risk on a brand that's not established, but uh, especially after something like that, you know, like people yeah. were apprehensive about Rivian despite you know rave reviews. Yeah, or largely, I don't know about rave, but. Extremely I think positive for the most part, they were pretty positive, especially yeah, they were the thing, though, with Rivian things. is Rivian offered, especially with the truck and now the uh, sold you a lifestyle. Rivian really nailed that. Man. They did. They they knew their audience. They drilled in on those 100%. people that yeah. for that'll be what makes neglected and uh, Tesla neglected, whatever. But they sold you on the fucking mm -hmm pull out oven or stove or whatever yeah. you know and, 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 and the dog in the tent in the yeah. mountains and the yeah dude yeah and it works and they look great you know they're not i think yeah. they look great i see them all the time um but i think i think that the vinfast probably have quite a lot of pull on the road they look they look kind of weird and unique and, and funky um yeah yeah i mean i don't know we'll see man i mean like it could come back next year and have, you know, fixed a lot of stuff. Yeah, I also saw some of their other models as well when I was looking at stuff. They have some other ones. Yeah, and they say that they have a VF9 that's going to be here, like, next year. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll that's see. That's the three-row SUV. Yeah, uh, but I saw an even smaller one. Maybe it's, like, the VF5 or VF6. I don't know. The other... That's their little crossover, yeah. And that one looks pretty good. I mean, it looks... I can't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But... I mean, they definitely have some other designs and other cars that look good and would probably be a little bit more appealing, but they've got to, if they're going to make it, dude, they got to fix this shit because if yeah, they don't. I <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, just bringing cars over is one thing, but like starting a dealer network, uh, having employees, the infrastructure that it takes to run a right. large company right now, today in 2023 is huge yeah it, i don't even know i can't quantify it it's so insurmountably large i mean just the amount of people that were in the hyundai drive with us you know? yeah yeah the amount of manufacturer support it takes to put on one media drive yeah let alone to like run a company dude it's ridiculous yeah well i mean and the other thing too is like all these other companies i mean i don't know how quickly they're looking for a return on their investment but like they had to assume that they were going to lose money for a few years just Oh, I think it's it's gonna be more than a few years, dude. I mean, it's gonna be at least a decade. 
of them just straight well just on like you know people's general lack of familiarity with the brand yeah i think that they probably had factored that into their plans i don't think that they factored in getting absolutely eviscerated in the media yeah right well and then the thing is they didn't even start out with like a halo car they just started out with this fucking yeah who was saying that you know gordon I mean, murray was on the smoking tire podcast and was like it's really really, really we think hard. the same dude we, me and Gordon Murray, were on the same yeah, wavelength. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he just liked me for real. Yeah, dude, we're the same, pretty much. You know. But yeah, he was saying, like, dude, like, do you have any idea how hard it is to bring like a mass production car to market? It is so much easier to start at the top. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, if you like, excited... in, in summary, I'm kind of taking words out of his mouth and paraphrasing yeah. right. else's podcast. But... He was basically like, why do you think I only make ridiculously expensive hypercars? Yeah. Because it's way easier than trying to build that little 300 horsepower car I was going to make with the Yamaha. Yeah, right. Cause... Yeah. Which, God, what a fucking shame. Um, that would have been insane. That oh would be... God. If Gordon Murray came up with a $40,000 car, I would be selling kidneys tomorrow. <laughs> I'd like, bro, I would be in the street. Jeez. I don't know if I would... I'd like whoring hard. myself for cheeseburgers wow wow <laughs> like dude i would oh my god i would sell everything i owned to yeah. drive gordon murray's forty thousand dollar car every day yeah that guy there's nobody who i agree with more on like a philosophical you know vehicular design and engineering standpoint than gordon murray i mean it's gordon fucking murray yeah but like yeah. everything that that guy says i'm just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure bro absolutely say it yes. again i yes. totally agree <laughs> i totally agree i i feel like i He's like my crazy evangelical church pastor. And I'm just sitting there like <laughs> lapping it up. <laughs> he's like, your yes. uh, he's like your cult leader, dude. Yeah, he says you're right. The sinners yeah. are doomed. Yeah. Drink the Kool-Aid. Okay. <laughs> We're all gonna yeah, drink I would, the Kool-Aid. I would do yeah, I would do a lot for a forty thousand dollar GMA car. I really would. I mean, that's fair. I mean, He's made some, I mean, he made the F1. Yeah. So let's T50. talk about the complete fucking opposite. <laughs> yeah, so let's transition into something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. We drove the new Ford Expedition Timberline, the 2023. Yeah. yeah, we did do that. It's a 23 model year, by the way. I don't know if I told you that before we started. Yeah, you did. I'm looking at the sheet, yeah. Yep. Um. So, I mean, quick, you know, headliner specs. Uh, You know, this is Ford's Chevy Suburban GMC Yukon chevy tahoe uh wait chevy yeah 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 yeah. Tahoe, yeah, yeah yukon sorry. and yeah, uh, yeah maybe escalate i don't know if escalate's a little no. too upmarket well escalate you can have an escalate for 80 but they're really like 90 um yeah i wouldn't count the escalate in that to be fair the expedition real quick starts at 55 the one that we tested yes. was 82 83 8 oh okay sorry i'm looking at the sheet yeah i got the sheet uh i got the receipts boy that's with destination delivery options. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but yeah, I mean, it's a big, really, 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 really big, um, you know, eight-seat uh, family hauler SUV. It's yep. basically everything that I hate about cars, and I can't say a whole lot bad about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything. It's like the antithesis of something that I would drive, um, which is what makes my job so hard. But you drove it too. I did, and I also have a different perspective on life uh, because I am going mm-hmm. to be starting a family at some point here in the next couple of years. And when you get to that stage in your life, you kind of start to think about I would I how boring to be clear you are I would how your life is over yeah 
Right. Yeah. All those things. <laughs> but you start to think about like, okay, well, it might be good to get something a little bit more practical to put kids in and other things. We also have two dogs and, and whatever else. But yeah, I, I looked at it from this perspective. I could never drive this car. It's, it's too big for me. I do not want to drive one, whatever. However, yeah. my wife to be would drive this thing. 200 all the time absolutely oh. yes so i had to think about it from her perspective like okay what would be annoying to me what would you know be beneficial or whatever yeah. um and from that perspective i think the timberline was great we we drove well on saturday when we were in the car for probably we did some miles. five to six hours maybe all together mm -hmm. yeah we did some miles. it was super comfortable the whole time i never mm -hmm. my back never really hurt good um, seat the ventilated seats also worked really well. Yeah. That you could hear it and feel it, which was good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You kind of like the good thing is that, you know, I know that we've said before that like you can really hear some of these Ford ventilated seats work. I feel like last time we talked about this, I didn't say that like that's not a bad thing that I can no. hear it because it generally is just kind of like white noise machine level. Like, Plus, if you have music on, are you going to hear it? Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. Right. I felt like that was an important caveat. Yep. Continue. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the ventilated seats worked great. Um, I mean, I, I drive a Ford daily, so I'm pretty familiar with their whole sync system. This is obviously is a newer version than what I drive, but yeah, Joby's got a Ford GT in case anybody, knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joby's driving a Ford GT. Yeah. I bought John That's Cena's why he's GT. So picky. That's why I'm like, I get all these cars and he's just like, I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm good. I got my 2017 GT. Dude, yeah, they I'm sent good. me the little box. I, picked I, the I set you up for you to say that you had the right Ford GT and you chose the 2017 one. Yeah, dude. I bought john cena's you know remember when that whole controversy when he sold his early and ford got pissed or yeah, whatever he's got a civic type r what a, what a g yeah anyways expedition on track yeah so um i wrote a couple <laughs> of notes and i'll, I'll kind of just go through them real quick uh, about the things that i liked so um super floaty driving experience feels like you're driving on a cloud uh which from a comfort standpoint is great like i said before it was super comfortable from a handling standpoint. um yeah my next point is that it has a terrible turning radius um <laughs> absolutely god awful which is to be expected for a car like this so i'm not knocking it it's just what it is if you're gonna yeah. buy one i again yep. that's part of the reason why i couldn't buy one um the other thing is it's surprisingly quick um yeah, actually, well, I, so I found out later that that's the F one fifty Raptor motor. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which I I have driven that car since finding that out, and yeah. boy, let me tell you, that is the Raptor motor. It is unmistakable now that I know that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was surprisingly quick. I mean, it was. I mean, it's, it's surprising. It's fast. Yeah, no, it was. It was a good time passing people on the highway. wasn't a problem at all. One, because you scare them with how big it is, and the second <laughs> is because it's pretty fast or whatever. Um, the sunroof, uh, so it has a big panoramic sunroof, at least in the one that we drove. Super, looked really, really cool, whatever. The one gripe I had about it is it needed to be a little bit more tinted. Uh, it was a not dark enough. There was one time when you and I were driving where I was wearing sunglasses, and the sun was just hitting it just right. Yeah. It was going right in my eye, which was kind of annoying. But um, other than that, it was it was really, really good. Ford would tell you to just close the window shades. Yeah, so. and I could have done that. There's <laughs> yeah. a solution. Or they could just tint it a little bit more, but yeah. whatever. Um, okay, yeah. so the 360 camera. So it does have a 360-degree camera, which worked really good. Uh, camera super high quality. Super high quality, yeah. Um, which 
was to be expected. The camera that's in my car is, I don't have a 360 camera, but the backup camera is. What year is your escape again? 2018. 15? 18? Yeah. I always, I always lowball that when I ask you that question. Yeah, so it's not remember. like that old. I mean, it is older, yeah. but it's not that old. Um, 2018. Five years, six years. Five years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the camera quality is really good. I mean, for this car, you need that thing because of how ginormous this thing is, especially pulling in or out of tight parking spots. Having that 360 camera is super helpful. Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. not purchase this car if it didn't have that. Um, I think it's, let me check the sheet. I I don't know if it's standard or not. I'm looking. Keep going. Um, Adaptive cruise control, very good, super smooth. Uh, one of the things, my car has adaptive cruise control, and one of the things that I hate about it is that if I change the lanes and there's a car that's closer than the distance that I've allotted for in the cruise control menu, it will slam on the brakes, and I hate that. This car, they have fixed that. Um, and so there's no sudden braking or jerking. On the highway, it was super, super smooth, um, and yeah, it was good. Uh, Lane keep assist, this car does have it, um, and it works good for the most part. The problem is that the car is so wide that it doesn't really matter, and it can kind of be yelling at you and fighting with you a little bit too much just because of how big the car is and how tight some lanes are. Yeah, it's still, like, crazy. It's impressive that it doesn't, like, ping pong. I don't know if you've driven the Toyotas or older I have Toyotas, not. the Outcast. Yeah, you just kind of like it's probably like yours where you just kind of like bounce from one end of the lane to the other. Yeah. Um I think that this kind of just by virtue of it being so big, you kind of run into that occasionally, but most of the time I think you I I agree, you know, it's pretty pretty stable most of the time. Yeah, and I think that if you're on like a large like a like a major highway, like a highway like I70 or something like that that has wider lanes that are meant for semis and stuff like that. You're really not going to run into that. It's really only like very specific situations where that might be. An yeah, issue. I was, you know, like I live downtown and I was, I turned it off today on the way home. Yeah, yeah, um, and whatever. So this is specific to the version that we tested, which is a Timberline, which is supposed to be like the off-road-ish version or more capable version. Um, I think the off-road capability was fine i didn't have any issues with it i mean we didn't do anything super crazy with it um but it was fine uh ground clearance was great um didn't really have any issues with that never got stuck anywhere so that was good um and it was i mean it handled fine the only thing um on this is if you are buying this for off-roading you could also get the bronco raptor for 86 again the one that we tested was 83 if i would probably just spend the extra three grand and get the raptor or just get the bronco on a lower trim yeah yeah. you know i have a smaller probably slightly more reasonable car yeah the only uh the only caveat to that is like obviously the use case that I always thought of for this car would be like if you had a bunch of kids or needed to haul something around, um, you know, obviously you can't really do that. Your kids were like way into some super equipment heavy sport like hockey or something. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. If you need the extra cargo space for some reason, which this car has a shit ton of cargo space. What? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm 5'7 five, and five, seven, five, eight, and I was able to lay flat with plenty of room with both seats folded down. Yeah. Yeah, and all the seats can be dropped down electronically, which is super cool. And even the third row seats actually have 
the backrest can be, uh, you know, moved yeah, they can go back, back up electronically, which yeah. you can't do with the second row. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But and even in the third row I, seats, you and I thing. probably, yeah, you and I, I sat in the that. third row seats with the second row seats up and there was actually a pretty good amount of room. Yeah, we I mean, both did. You're just like I. You're maybe a couple inches taller than me, and you fit okay too. Yeah, I mean, I was fine. I mean, I could definitely. If you're sit six there. foot, like no way. Yeah. Like, that's oh what yeah. The second row is for. No. Uh, but I mean, there's tons of room. I mean, it's a huge. It's yeah. a huge SUV. So um, I, I have like scoured the uh, multiple times, and I can't figure out if the 360 is standard. Uh, I am gonna do a little more googling, but I'm 99% sure it is. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's not, then don't buy this car without it. I would highly recommend I that. Yeah, dude. I really, like, I just can't see the majority of people sans camera system. Obviously, the backup camera is federally mandated. Um, yeah, yeah. It has been since 2016? 13. Right? 13. No. It's, it has to be yeah. later than that, because my lady's car does not have a backup camera, and she has a 2014. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's 2016. Whatever. Anyways, um, doesn't really matter. That's not what we're here to debate. But yeah, um, the only thing is, is like, I mean, and you drove the Bronco. I had COVID when you had it, so I didn't get to drive it at all. But unless you have a a need to have all that cargo space, just buy the Bronco. Like that would, I would highly recommend that. So much easier yeah, car to drive around. I feel like. You can remove the top. You can remove mm -hmm. the doors. You can do whatever you want. There's a million, you know, uh, I don't know. What is the word I'm looking for? Like off-roading parts you can buy. There's a lot of support, aftermarket support for the uh, yeah. for the Bronco. I would buy that, but I, yeah. I, I get that these are not the same markets, but I feel like people are also buying this car that don't necessarily need it, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my thing. Yeah, I mean, my qualm about the driving that we did is I, I just, you know, like you said, I, I don't think that we pushed it hard enough. Um, yeah, yeah. We really, like, uh, it had, you know, like, I was a little apprehensive just because it had rained pretty heavily for two days prior. Yeah, and I super heavy. I just, I, straight up, I don't own recovery gear, uh, so I'm not going to, like, go and push someone's off-roader and potentially get it stuck when I don't have a way to get it unstuck. Um that's something that I'll have to remedy in the future because I get a lot of off-roaders here. Uh, but, like, for right now, like, we just weren't able to. And I think that, honestly, the kind of off-roading we did is probably where most people are going to end up with the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, it was a mildly rocky trail. Uh, you know, there were some points where, like, kind of a little sketchy. Um, you know, either the trail was too narrow or like, yeah, there were some ground clearance things. We're like, I don't know, like, is it going to clear? Um, but I mean, honestly, like it's, it's, if you have to own a car that will just do literally everything. Yeah. This is, you know, you got to pay $83,000 for it. Uh, and it will do literally everything but set a lap time at the Nürburgring. Um, yeah, there's pretty much nothing that this car can't do. Um, that said, I largely agree with your other than U-turns can't do U-turns. Yeah. Can't do U-turns. <laughs> I largely agree with your driving impressions. Um, I did want to talk about the ADAS. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I used it a lot today to had a good month, got myself some new headphones, you know, Best Buy was about 20 minutes away with rush hour traffic. I was like, this is a good time to, I was going to take the Porsche, 
And I was like, I don't want to work at College in Traffic today. That's um, fair. And I was like, I get to test the, you know, they, this has the most updated version of Ford's Copilot 360 driver yeah. assistance suite. Right. Um, and you can definitely tell that Ford has taken some learnings from Super Cruise, their um, level three, SAE level yeah. three uh, yeah. autonomy system. Um, you can tell that they learned a lot from that, especially as far as the system goes and stop and go traffic. I was on, you know, local highway uh, going down to Best Buy and was able to not touch the pedals for the 25 minute drive through stop and go traffic. Um, if the car stops, uh, it will prompt you to hit the set reset button for the cruise control and the steering wheel button, and then it will set off to follow the car in front. And it's very intelligent in that it is able to follow the car in front and read the gap and accelerate accordingly within a very short amount of time. You know, right. like you might look up and go, oh, fuck, he's left. Oh, God. And like catch up real quick, you know, yeah, right. uh, to the traffic in front of you. The car will do that. It will realize like, oh, oh, I got off the line a little too slow. Let me catch up. Yeah. Um, and it worked really, really well until it didn't, which is why you have to pay attention with these systems. Yeah, um, right. I was so I was on <clears throat> a, a you know one way street downtown um, and I was driving the car home from Best Buy and we're doing about, I don't know. 20 to 35 miles an hour and it's stop and go up to that speed yeah you know because there's just light after light after light after light downtown um and i i don't know what set it off but i had to stop the car from hitting something in front of me mm. uh hitting traffic in front of me the pre-collision assist came on and it didn't break the car um i had to hit the brakes before the pre-collision assist got to the brakes which mm. is never a good thing no because quite honestly i don't think that the majority of people that use this stuff are going to be monitoring this as closely as i am yeah right. maybe they will be i just have an inherent distrust of these systems for this sure. very reason yeah and it, i don't know if it just see the mini in front of me or if it it uh you know if it's because i was also walking the speed down i had the control set at 45 yeah and i go that's way too fast now because the street narrowed and the speed limit dropped and so I was cranking it down to about 25. Mm -hmm. And I was actively holding the decelerate cruise control button on the steering wheel as this happens. Yeah. And the car accelerates very rapidly to kind of do that thing where it's catching up to traffic. Um, mm. Or at least not very rapidly, but more rapidly than I felt like it sure. should have been doing at the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. And so I am holding the decel button going, is it going to catch it? And kind of just like waiting with my foot hovering over the brake going, are you going to catch it? Are you going to catch it? Are you going to catch it? And we're getting closer right. and closer and closer and closer. And then, doo -doo 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 -doo, you know, the pre-collision thing comes on and it's not breaking. And I have to absolutely stand on it uh, to get it stopped before I rear end this mini at probably 35 miles an hour. Um, I have no idea what it was. I have no idea what set it off. The sensors were clean. I looked at the sensors when I got out of the car. The cruise control sensor was totally clean. There wasn't any mud on it from when you and I off-roaded it. Um, there was no appreciable reason that this should have happened. Yeah. But, like, you know, little consumer advice. Just, like, you can't just, like, text and fuck around because no. it'll do stop and go for you. Especially if you have the auto steer on. Yeah. Um, which leaves me with my final kind of gripe about the 360 system that Ford has. They just like the steering wheel sensitivity is super bad. It just can't tell when your hands are on the steering wheel when it's doing auto steer. Mm. It just like can't it can't figure it out. I don't know why. Um, 
I think that, you know, some manufacturers use pressure controls. So like you have to really physically like grab the wheel at a specific place. Right. And other brands use like a haptic system where you can just kind of like rest your hand on the bottom of the wheel or kind of wherever you want. And it will sense like the, I think it uses the warmth from your hand or something like that, or, or the weight of your hand for on the steering column right because there's always just a little bit of tension right. there right, right right i don't know which ford uses but whatever it is it needs work yeah because uh, it's just annoying like i mean it's to the point where like i if i have it on i'm just kind of like jiggling the wheel constantly hmm. and just enough to get the wheel to move a little bit with, without the car swerving you know i'm using the play and the steering to let the car know that i'm still there and my hands are on the wheel it's really annoying and it makes me not want to use it like today, yeah. when I drove to Best Buy, I just used the ACC. I just used the adaptive cruise yeah. control. That's all that I used when I drove. I just used that with the uh, lane keep assist, and it was fine. Yeah, yeah I think you tried the, the auto series on by default with the lane keep. Was it not? Do you know what? I think that maybe that yeah, happened to me so. too. Yeah. I think that, I think ha- yeah, so. I, f- I feel like I maybe like there's a sequence of buttons I didn't push to get the auto steer on the first time, but eventually I figured it out. Yeah. I mean, it was but I mean, in all, like as contrasted with its its competition, I think it's really competitive. Um, I think that in this segment, a lot of the decision that buyers are making comes down to like brand loyalty. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, if you're a suburban family or you're 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 an expedition family. I don't know. I mean, like your mom. You were talking about your mom more than one. Yeah, just I mean, like, oh, I used to have one. Is it nice? Yeah, I mean, that was like our family car growing up. Uh, you know, it was an expedition, so that's what we all got hauled around in. And so my mom recently got a new car, and she wanted to get one, but the problem is they're just so expensive. Um, <laughs> yeah, that she kind of got priced point. out, and also she can't justify the cost anymore because she doesn't have kids at the house. That you yeah, know, that would make make it make sense. So it's fine. She ended up getting a Explorer, which she also doesn't really need. But you know, whatever, it's fine. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, my only my only gripe with the car is just the price. Not, and it's not. It's well, not I Ford. mean, it's not even the Ford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Ford. I think that it is priced accurately given the market. It just yep. sucks that a car this like is how this. Cars it's are. yeah. Yeah. And it's a nice car. It's, I was talking about it with my dad and I was like, you know, it's, can you imagine that when we were kids, you guys went out and spent $80,000 on our, you know, on our family vehicle. And he's like, there's no way in hell we would have done that. Or we would have been poor and we would have just all lived in the car. Um, my, yeah. I mean, my dad's in the market. He wants to buy a Toyota because my stepmom's brother works at, um, Toyota. No, oh, yeah, to Toyota dealership, and he yeah. gets a little bit of a rate. He gets the employee rate. Yeah, uh, on new cars, and he's just like, "There's just I can't get anything." Yeah, I mean, a there's inventory because it's Toyota, and b like they won't give me a discount if they do, and it's like I can't. He was like, "I," he you know has to commute from um, forty minutes north of Denver to forty minutes south of Denver. His commute's about two hours Jesus. total. Yeah, uh, one way if there's traffic. Yeah, uh, it's two hours, hour and a half, two hours, and so it's like this dude spends you know two to four hours in traffic a day, multiple days a week. Yeah, yeah, not every day because he works hybrid, thankfully. Oh, cool. Okay, but he was like, I want a Prius. Can't get a Prius. Too expensive. He doesn't want to. Or well, the Prius isn't too expensive, but he can't. Uh, he said he can't get one for one reason or another. I think just because they won't give him a discount and he's being cheap because the Priuses are pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, but he was like, I want a BZ. He, he didn't even remember what it was called. He's like, I want a BZ, whatever. The BZ4XQW. Um, yeah, which like, yeah, which like, great job again yeah. on the naming there. Yeah. Yeah. Toyota. I, 
you know, and he was like, I kind of like don't even want one, but it's fully electric. I could charge it to the office. It kind of makes sense. I can fit my mountain bike on it. Can't get one. Won't get yeah. a discount, you know. And he said, it, I, and I was like, just straight up, don't buy that car. Like, there's plenty of other electric cars for fifty six thousand dollars. They're going to be better. Like, EV six. I just drove. Yeah. Yeah. Or the EV six. Yeah. I mean, like, if he wants a crossover. It's, yeah. yeah. He's he's in the same boat. You know, it's it's eighty three thousand dollars is a lot of money. Um. Yeah. And like, yeah, you do get a lot of car. You know, this thing does. It does literally. It does everything. everything. Yeah. It's really hard to knock the car and anything like too big. Like it doesn't really. Like, like I said earlier, it's really hard to make a bad car in 2023. Yeah. Well, I really like what Ford has done with their lineup. I think that they, you know. They, I, yeah, they're killing it right now. You know, they're great. I like my Escape. I want to sell it, but I do like it. Like they're, Yeah, but you also want to buy something that's kind of like dumb right now. So I just want to buy something that's a little bit more terrible. engaging. But like if you are in. If you don't for care. who their market demographic is, for who they're targeting, they're doing a, a great job. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's it was it was a cool car, man. It got me around. It's super comfortable. It makes yeah. sense. It's really good on gas. Super good. Um, you know, it. Well, your car, the no, the expedition, super good. What? Yeah, fifteen. Nice. Oh, okay. You are being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, no <laughs> yeah, it's terrible it's, on gas. But... It gets right. Yeah. That's the other thing is you're getting Raptor fuel economy without Raptor shocks, man. Or without really, I mean, I guess you're kind of getting Raptor performance, but yeah. 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 You're getting Raptor speed, but you're not getting other Raptor performance. I don't know. I mean, it's again, that's a totally different kind of buyer. Ford definitely it, has a reason yeah. for making this vehicle work at this price point, but like. I just kind of want to know I, how many they're selling. It's not what you or I would do with $86,000 or eighty. Sorry, $84,000. Dude, I could buy like six E60 M5 SMGs for that I could, Yeah. I could do a lot of dumb, broken car shit for $84,000. Yeah, we I'm could go on for another hour car. about all the cars that we would rather buy with $82,000. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. You could say that about anything. Yeah. On the market today. But that's just me. Yeah, but I think it was good. It was a good time. I'm glad I got to drive it and experience it. So thank you, Ford. It was it was a good time. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, they're great. But anyways, any any closing remarks, Chase? No, that's all I got. Um, I'll probably think of something 20 minutes from now, but that's not your problem. That's always how it goes. Yeah, but, that is how it goes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I know we talked about a lot. We covered a lot. Hopefully y'all yeah, enjoyed the We're going to have a lot more to cover next time. Too. Yeah. There was actually stuff that we had to cut um, that we didn't get to yeah. get to today. But Well, plus, you know, that whole road trip thing. Oh yeah. We're going to Moab. I totally forgot. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to blow up our spot too much now, but like, yeah, that'll be an entire episode. Yeah. We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship. Yeah. For real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah, we'll have a lot to catch up on next time. Um, you might even see us in a different location with a different yeah, background. If we, which you and I need to talk about after the show. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> we appreciate questions. We, we appreciate you guys <laughs> watching. Uh, like and subscribe, and we will catch you on the next one. Absolutely, thank Bye. you very much. Everybody.